Daily Listen Podcast with my mom, Shawnee, and my auntie, Leonica. This is show number seven. Thanks for listening. Time for Angry Birds. Hey, girl. Hey, huh? What's new and exciting? How's it been going? You've been a busy bee. Girl, working hard. Yeah. Just celebrated my 13th anniversary. Happy anniversary! I was there the day it happened. That was 13 years ago? Yeah, it was. What? I know, right? Crazy. That's nuts. Happy anniversary, Leonica and Dion. Wishing you millions and millions of years together in wedded bliss. Thank you very much. Thank you. I don't care if you listen is the name of this podcast. This is officially our seventh episode. We'll celebrate all kinds of things to celebrate. A crazy world, your anniversary, making it to our seventh episode, Lee. We've, we've done this officially seven weeks in a row. We're like that. We're on it. It's exciting. It is exciting. Very exciting. We've got some interesting stuff in the pipeline. We don't care if you listen, but we do have a Gmail account now, idcyylpodcast at gmail.com, idcyyl, I don't care if you listen, podcast at gmail. Um, We're going to get our Facebook page going here. We'll get some Instagram action, some Twitter action. Even though we don't care if you listen, we still just want to be accessible to anyone who wants to talk to us about anything that you're doing. We decided last episode that we are going to highlight and feature amazing people doing amazing things on top of talking about all the other stuff that we talk about that's frustrating us or whatever it might be. Didn't you have like some kind of natural hair meeting with a bunch of beautiful ladies? No, I got some stuff coming up, though. Yeah, like what? Women Who Write conference is coming up. There is the Kinky Hair Connection, a natural hair meetup. That's probably what you were talking about. That's coming up. I just report on events that people with natural hair might be interested in. So putting it out there so people can go and mingle and do great things together. Yeah, kind of get that energy, get those oxytocin levels rising when you feel love in the air, you know, that type of thing. That's right, that's right. I like it. I wish I could say that I've been doing more socially to make the world a better place, but really I've been focused on this apprenticeship and getting my music certification, and, and next week I'll start focusing on creating some music. Vote, vote, vote. Some interesting things happening. We got a Supreme Court justice I wanted to chat with you about that is... Nasty. Right? Nasty. It's a little bit crazy. You know, I posted a comment. C-SPAN asked a question on on Facebook and said, women only, do you think Brett Kavanaugh should be confirmed? And I basically said, no. The words Supreme Court and especially Justice should not be anywhere next to his name, period. So right now what's happening with that situation is... They give testimony Friday, don't they? Well, you know, the woman who's accusing Brett Kavanaugh of sexually assaulting her decades ago, Christine Blasey Ford, she would like there to be an investigation into her case before uh, she goes and testifies at his hearings as to whether or not he's suitable to be a Supreme Court justice. The statute of limitations have passed, though. The lawyer says there are multiple witnesses who should be included in a Judiciary Committee hearing about her client's allegations of sexual assault by Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. Lisa Banks, who's this lady's attorney, 
She said that that Ford was reluctantly thrust into to the public spotlight only two days ago. She's unable to go home because she is receiving ongoing threats to her and her family's safety. Kavanaugh has denied sexually assaulting Ford when they were teens. Both had been asked to testify Monday at the Senate Judiciary Committee, but Ford wants a full nonpartisan investigation. A hearing with just Ford and Kavanaugh is not a fair or good faith investigation, Banks says. She says the rush is unnecessary and Ford should have time to deal with this. Republicans are saying they're going to forge through with this hearing. Uh, relatives, as far as the statute of limitations, it's a long time ago. I, I guess it's... They just... can't do any criminal charges, I don't think. Commander. So what do you think about that? I got mixed feelings because that was so long ago. I mean, how old is he now? Old. 50, 60. I mean, people do a lot. I did dumb shit when I was 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, you know. I understand that, and I, I guess I see that. I, I think I just feel like it's got to be a big enough situation. I'm playing devil's advocate here. This does not mean that these are my sentiments, but why did she wait for his career to get this far? I mean, he's been in different positions of leadership and authority for decades now. Why now? Like, you should have ruined his career. He shouldn't have gone to college. He should have been in prison first. But, Lee, there's a reason that she didn't bring it up. Because what is his current job? He's a judge. He shouldn't have been one. I know. Like, he should have been... I mean, and I do understand. It's trauma. It's pain. It's embarrassment. It's isolation. Like I said, it's not my sentiments. I'm just... Playing devil's advocate, those are questions that I would want to ask if I was at the hearing. Kavanaugh's accuser waited years. Does that undercut her claim? According to the Washington Post, okay? That's the title of this article from yesterday from the Washington Post. One night in 1985, a young girl was pulled by the hand toward a bed and told by her mother's partner to undress before he attempted to penetrate her as she would come to testify. When her mother... Returned home, Audrey S. did not mention the incident because she was frightened. The California Supreme Court would find. The court reasoned that the minor's later disclosures about repeated instances of assault counted as relevant evidence in a criminal proceedings against Ricky Lee Brown. That court's 1994 decision in People v. Brown sheds light on some of the reasons people may wait to declare themselves victims of sexual violation. That issue delayed of delayed reporting and the legal complexities attached to it could lie at the heart of the examination of an assault allegation leveled against Brett Kavanaugh. The thing happened if it happened an awfully long time ago, back in Ronald Reagan's time when the actors in the drama were minors and the boys under blurring influence of alcohol and adolescent hormones, uh, blah, 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 the Significant amount of time that has elapsed between the alleged act and public allegations certainly presents difficulties for discovering the truth of what occurred. That's according to Akil Amar of Yale Law School. He's defended Kavanaugh's credentials and judgment, testifying on behalf of his former student before the Senate Judiciary Committee. There are reasons behind statutes of limitations. These reasons include reliability of old evidence, memories fade as physical evidence deteriorates, the article says, when the 51-year-old testifies Monday before the Senate Judiciary Committee, she is likely to face questions about why she didn't tell anybody until 2012 about an encounter she claims harmed her psychologically. Well, I mean, people who are traumatized repress memories. 
Okay, we know that. And, and so, I, you know, maybe she just didn't want to deal with it. I mean, I'm sure she probably had a internal battle within herself about whether or not she should come out. But So this article says, for Ford's part, she first tried to suppress the memory. I'm not ever telling anyone this, she recalled thinking, but came to understand the incident through psychotherapy. She discussed the experience with her husband and a few others, telling friends about a painful encounter long ago with a boy who had gone on to amass power in Washington, according to the Mercury News. When it became clear that Kavanaugh was on the short list of possible nominees to replace retiring Justice Anthony Kennedy, she contacted the Post through a tip line in early July. This common behavior for survivors of sexual violence who may choose to come forward years later because an individual involved is brought into public spotlight or even because of contemporary social context, the psychologist said, citing the Me Too movement. This is a very high profile case, but the thought process or the behaviors we're observing for someone who has experienced violence is not in any way uncommon. So you ask me why? That's what I think it is. I'm sure that, like you said, there are those who are going to argue that she's coming out so late. She's coming out so many years later with this. Why wait till he gets to this position? But maybe it's that moment where something clicked in her head where she just was like, well, I can't allow this to happen. This this is where I draw the line. Supreme Court is where she drew the line, maybe. Well, maybe she saw him on the news and that probably triggered a lot of those suppressed memories, too. There you Um, go. I mean, that's quite possible. You know, my degree is in psychology and social work, so I definitely understand where she's coming from, but it just, I mean, at what point do we draw the line? Look, I have an incident that happened to me in my life. It It was during my time when you and I were young, and there's someone that if I were to see that dude in any position of any power, like, I would have to say something. I understand. I don't know. You know who I'm talking about? Maybe. I'm not going to see that dude in any position of power. (laughs) It's not likely. Let's just say that. But if I were to see him in the news or something similar where he has this leverage to dictate whether people are innocent or guilty in any level i would definitely have to speak up about that person yeah well there's a lot of people who didn't do any sexual assault to me who i would speak up because of they're just morally and ethically unfit but but i feel you i feel you I, I, yeah so then the question becomes the statute of limitations for a supreme court justice does it apply I mean, for that type of authority. So that means that you can never make a mistake in all your life if you're going to be a Supreme Court justice or the president of the United States, which would be highly hypocritical, seeming how we have Justice Clarence Thomas and 45. Right. But now, since. Anita. Um. What's her name? Anita Hill. Anita Hill looks nice. She looks beautiful. I love her gray hair. I'm like, go ahead, Anita. I love her gray hair. And I watched her talk about how difficult it was for her to talk about the situation she had to talk about against Clarence Thomas with her parents sitting behind her and how she felt humiliated because they couldn't 
she felt humiliated for them because they felt like they couldn't protect her. And here she was, here they were aging parents, you know. Um, But that's, you know, I digress. The thing with Kavanaugh that I think we are now going to discuss is making a mistake. Clearly, we know that 45 has made mistakes by yours and my standards. But by the people who support him, who say that they're pro-life and honor the sanctity of marriage and say all these things, but yet know that he has not acted that way, but still hold him to this level of he's good enough for me for as a president. Is Brett Kavanaugh as a high schooler being accused of rape, is that just a mistake? Well, here's where my concern would be with that, because I got to play the devil's advocate. I know I'm all over the place. Would we want a man like that who has been accused of such things, although we may never find out if this is true or not, but there is a possibility that this is true. So that means he does not value women or respect women. So anything that becomes comes before him, especially Roe versus Wade, it just dismisses him from making any kind of any kind of judgment. Do you know like, what dismissed him in my mind from being any kind of empowerment for for women at all? The fact that forty five nominated him. Done. I know, right? Checked out at that point. At that point I was done. I'm sorry, this whole give Trump a chance nonsense. Mom? Yeah, buddy, come in. New level to show me. This is cool. It has all the pod racers back, but she's in her vehicle. That's she's awesome. She's leading them, but they're trying to stop them. So I'm just... Thanks, buddy, for sharing. Hey, can you shut the door, please? Yeah, it has Obi-Wan and the Anakin in it. Thanks for sharing with me. He's not watching a movie today. Today he's playing Angry Birds Star Wars, so he had to show me. It's amazing. He's so excited. Girl, he's so funny. Angry Words Star Wars is our jam. We play that together. When we talk about that Brock, the kid who, what's his name? Brock, the swim team kid, remember, who raped the woman on the dumpster as she was passed out from Stanford? Brock Turner. Brock Turner. He, you know, you talk about those situations. Aziz Ansari and when he was accused of sexual harassment and Louis C.K. and he was accused of sexual harassment. And they're all back out in the world, you know, because guys can come back out after that. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. And they're all back out. Like, they get accused of it. The accusation happens. And then they just kind of move on. It took me a while to realize what had happened to me. I didn't realize what had happened to me until I started learning about what it looked like. And as women, I think that we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to ourselves to support a community of women that understands that if you think about it later, if you go through psychotherapy and you understand what happened to you later, it could be, it is common and we should forgive ourselves for it. Yeah. And we need to support women who have that experience of like, hey, I'm just realizing what happened. Like, mm-hmm. that wasn't right. That wasn't okay. In the moment, it wasn't the way it's supposed to go. And we forgive these guys. We forgive these men. We just let them kind of make their way back into society like it's no big deal. They don't get a scarlet letter. 
that's why we need to have a conversation as a nation, as a community about sex. Like we need to have conversations about what's appropriate, what's not. Times have changed. And I think because of the Me Too movement, we're going to see less of this happening in the present and in the future. But are we going to lock everybody up? I can't think of a man who probably has not done some type of sexual assault against a woman. I'm not saying rape or anything because that doesn't necessarily mean sexual assault. But No, it's about how we raise our sons. I mean, at this point, once we as women become clued in to the way society has been set up, and it sounds really vague, but once we ourselves are clued into, hey, this is how the system is set up, and I'm going to teach my son, I'm going to train my young son, my man, my future man, to know that society is set up to penalize a woman for wearing a short dress and tell her she deserved it. Society is set up for that. We need to teach our sons, look, you need to be above that. You need to step above that. And we need to raise that generation. I want my husband to wear a feminist t-shirt. I just want him to rock a shirt that says feminist. I want my kid to rock a shirt that says feminist. I want women themselves, us, ourselves, to put each other up. Like we, I think you do a really good job of in your meetups and in the groups that I've seen you dance around with. I, I think that you do a great job of putting sisters up. I just... I think that society-wise, we're really hard on ourselves. We're hard on other women. We're hard on ourselves. Like, we're really, we beat each other up pretty bad. Yeah, we do. We really do. Um, We're very hypocritical Mm -hmm. and competitive. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, that is what I try and do is promote unity. You know, my little hashtag, unity is in the hair. Yeah. Let's start somewhere where we can find a commonality. Yeah. And I'm trying. You know, I really started this podcast, Lee. When you and I started this, I was in a place of like, everyone. You know, I'm out. Either, you, either you're either you on my boat or you're not. And if you're not, I can't deal with you. And now I'm kind of feeling, and maybe it's working with the kids more. Maybe that's what it is. But now I'm feeling more along the lines of, I'm going to try and understand you. I'm going to try my best, but... At the end of the day, I'll just love you. I'll I'm try. Love at the end of the day. I, I'll try. I do a pretty good job of understanding people. I just don't have patience. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither, girl. You I know what? I don't have a patience for. Like I feel you. I feel you, but. <laughs> And maybe that's me. I also play devil's advocate all the time. What bugs me is if I feel like I see a tinge of BS at your core. Like if you show me even one iota that your core is dirty. The core is everything. You know what I mean? It's just your basic values. Your basic beliefs. Your foundation. And I feel like you can get that from people. Enough conversations and you can paint a pretty good picture in your head of what somebody's core is made of. Oh, yeah. Are they just trying to get over on somebody? 
Are they just trying to get what they can? Are they genuine about helping others? Do they have a servient attitude or, you know, are they just kind of cautious or are they followers or leaders or liars or thieves? Or bigots. (laughs) And especially bigots. Sincerity, authenticity. I love that about kids because I feel like there's a certain point where they lose it and they turn into people and people. Some of us have some really hurtful and hateful hearts. Yeah, we do. And I don't understand that. I really don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Like when we were talking about the Confederate flag, you've got people telling you that that hurts them to see it. And that war was lost by that flag. (laughs) But that's my heritage. But that, that, that's what I don't, I don't get those things. I don't get those things. Right. I I denounce anything that I don't find to be true and valid in my life. Yeah. And I don't care what rituals or history or books or anything tells me. I'm really going to evaluate, like you said, against my core values. And it took me a long time to be able to specify and pinpoint what those are. But when it comes down to it, 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 it's really, you know handful of things i feel like i'm at an age now i don't need to take as long to figure out whether or not you're on the right team (laughs) i can figure it out much quicker these days experience does that and we've had experiences while i want to open up and have those conversations with people who are hard to get through to or hard to talk to or are ignorant and painfully hurtful I also know that being around toxic people or being around painfully hurtful people is not good for me or good for my health. So there's only a small little smidgen of me that I'm willing to give to that. But then I'm like, kind of like, okay, I had that conversation. I got to go. <laughs> yeah. That's, out. that's cool. Let's keep it a distance. Wrapping up the Judge Kavanaugh conversation. I'm hoping he does not become a Supreme Court justice. I'm hoping that it is enough that he has been nominated by an unindicted co-conspirator, but it's not, if that's not, and if Dr. Ford, um, if this is good for her well-being, I'm, I'm happy for her. If it is not and it's painful and it's drumming up all kinds of awfulness for her, I support her because I can appreciate that that is a difficult situation to be in years later. She's a brave woman. Yeah. I'm looking at all these people on Twitter. Kamala Harris. Mm -hmm. I support Dr. Blasey Ford's request for an FBI background investigation before a hearing. She should not be bullied into participating in a biased process, and we should not rush forward before facts are gathered. That was 24 hours ago. Hillary Clinton was on Rachel Maddow. (laughs) What's she up to? She re-released her book. Because she did some edits to it to add some footnotes about the current situation, current investigation, et cetera, et cetera. She had been on the same show a year before. She had predictions a year ago. She had predictions again for this time next year. She said that the president would kind of bulk fire a bunch of people and, you know, no questions asked. And what did I tell you when we were talking about 45 and when when the next election came up? What did I tell you I thought was going to happen? That he was going to fire everybody and that he was going to try and make a law so that he could be a dictator. I really don't think he's going to leave. Guess what all Hill Dog had to say about that? 
What did she say? Same thing. She said, I don't think he's going to leave. I don't think he's going to go. I'm going to try and find it right here. I have this. If he's absolutely wow. He is somebody who doesn't listen and pursues his own interests as he perceives them uh, and is very emotionally reactive. Uh, so uh, on, the, on the small stuff, you know, they may not be able to stop him. They may need to, you know, hold their fire till something is serious enough to intervene. So you said that here a year ago, talking about people around the president have to be our first line of defense against him. Now, <laughs> sure enough, New York Times publishes that anonymous op-ed a couple of weeks ago where a senior administration official says that that op-ed writer, whoever it is, and others have surreptitiously been stopping Trump from doing things. Bob Woodward's book says that uh, he, he names officials who have been stealing stuff off the Resolute desk in the Oval Office in order to stop Trump from doing what he wants. Um, you predicted it and talked about it a year ago. Um, but is that dynamic comforting? Is that is is that terrifying? Is it something else? Well, it's horrifying uh, on so many different levels. Um, <laughs> and I think that anyone who's worked in a White House, um, worked in an administration, uh, seen the complexity of the decisions that uh, end up on the president's desk, um, has to be incredibly worried, number one, that uh, if people around him whom he has appointed are trying to save the country uh, from uh, potentially disastrous decisions he might make, uh, that's you know deeply troubling. But it's also bothersome to see these uh, anonymous sources uh, saying this uh, because uh, I understand the dilemma they think they face. They think that if they're not there, you know, after them, the deluge, there will be a total uh, catastrophe. Um, but I think at some point they owe it to the country and they owe it to people who supported Donald Trump uh, because I don't think that those people uh, really fully appreciate uh, what is uh, potentially uh, possible under this presidency. What I worry about, Rachel, is that after this election, uh, this president's going to wholesale fire people. That's my prediction for tonight, okay. uh, like my prediction from last year. Uh, and if we don't have one or both houses of Congress in place, uh, he will be even more uncontrollable and unaccountable. Uh, he will fire people in the White House. He will fire people in his administration. Uh, who he thinks are crossing him, questioning him, undermining him. And, and I think about all of the hours I spent in the Situation Room uh, with President Obama. And we had vigorous disagreements about all kinds of issues. But I never, ever, ever doubted uh, that the president was making the best decision he could based on the facts and the evidence as we uh, were required to present it to him. He didn't say to us, well, here's what I believe. Here's what my gut tells me. He said, what's the evidence? What are the facts? What are the consequences from, you know, path A to path Z? That's not happening in this White House. And so the president is uh, close to being uncontrollable. There are people still in there who, by their own admission, are trying to hold on uh, to prevent even worse things from happening. And at some point, the American public has to say, number one, you know, I may disagree with Democrats. I may disagree with, uh, you know, the direction uh, of this administration. But one thing I believe in is we have to have checks and balances. That's why we have to vote uh, for Democrats in November. One of the other things that is in the book um, 
is a very troubling discussion and prospect that you raised that in 2020, President Trump will reject the results of the election or even try to postpone the election. Uh, your treatment of that um, gives me the willies now, even referring to it, but I will leave it to people to read the book to see what you had to say about that. Um, thank you for coming in. I know you have every option of where see? to go, and I really appreciate Thanks. you being here. Enjoy thank it. You. Goodbye. See? Thanks. All right, we'll do Girl, next. and she knows. She's been there. I think that's what he's going to do, too. He's going to say that the election results aren't real. He's going to do something. I really see this happening. Okay, so do you hate that I jump all over the place with this shit? Because I have something attached to this that is blowing my brain. No, go ahead. We're fine. You know me. I'm flexible. Well, I just want to make sure that listening to all that doesn't drive you crazy because I, when I watch it, when I see it, I want to talk to you all about it. I wish I was watching it right there with you. Because really, like, I sit there like, girl, and I just, my jaw drops when I heard her say that. Because I was like, that's exactly what I'm telling you. He's going to deny it. I know. I see stuff I want to post and tag you in all the time. You see this shit? Yeah, I know. He started a trade war mm-hmm. on 9-18-18. And I don't know Ooh. why. Something about hearing it on the news, on the radio, driving to work. I was struck by it. Instantaneously, I thought... We're not going to have a regular war again. Nobody wants to get their hands dirty, be out in a battlefield. Nobody wants any of that. Now, wars are going to happen with resources and stuff. You know, a dollar store is everything from China. I feel like the dollar store is going to be the $10 store or the $20 or $30 store. Or Um, they'll be closed. Or be closed. According to CNN, nine hours ago, the immediate impact will be to raise prices on consumers and tax American business and manufacturers. On Monday, it pressed forward with 10% tariffs on those products and $200 billion worth of other imports from China. It feels like it's going to be a war of resources. Like the Cold War. Yeah. Because Russia's involved. This is their shit. This is their way of doing stuff. It's Mikhail Gorbachev. And China hit back $60 billion tariffs on U.S. goods. Yeah, that's going to hurt our businesses. I thought it was weird it happened on 9-18-18. My friend's chicken died that day. I thought it was kind of an omen. Oh, my God. <laughs> you <hear> your omen. <laughs> did it, before it died, did it split a pole? Because <laughs> that means it's really going to be bad. <laughs> Don't make me cry when you split a pole. I know. That's I so know. sad. Okay, so here's my big issue. My big issue is I feel like he's just making everybody hate us even more. And we were headed in the right way where we were all going to start working together. And now it's just going to be a resource war. And that's just kind of scary. You know, it's funny that you said that. Because really, what he's doing is reinforcing all of the stereotypes about these loud, crazy, greedy Americans. Our reputation has never been great abroad. Right. We're not really respected as we present ourselves in the media and especially in my children's history books. Right. Because most Americans don't leave their neighborhoods. Yeah, you know one time somebody told me that the level of intelligence, you can test somebody's level of intelligence by just giving them a pen and piece of paper and say, draw a map. And if they draw a map that is just their neighborhood and they don't draw like the highways, byways and all that stuff that are close by, you know where their intellect level is at. Hmm. That's interesting. And I was thinking the world. (laughs) 
the oval shaped one that has all the continents on it. The one that's flat, <laughs> a flattened out globe. Yes. Exactly. I like it. Speaking of a flattened out globe, do you like Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, Han Solo? I like Indiana Jones and I like um, The Fugitive. No. I'm not going to say I like Harrison Ford. The Fugitive was good. Yeah. This is uh, Harrison Ford talking about um, something I thought was interesting to hear him talk about. Stop giving power to people who don't believe in science, or worse than that, pretend they don't believe in science for their own self-interest. They know who they are. We know who they are. We are all rich or poor, powerful or powerless, we will all suffer the effects of climate change and ecosystem destruction. And we are facing what is quickly becoming the greatest moral crisis of our time, that those least responsible will bear the greatest costs. Nature doesn't need people. People need nature. So let's let's turn off our phones, let's roll up our sleeves, let's kick this monster's ass. You know he's talking about. The monster is, I think 45 is who he's referring to, or just this whole denial of climate change. I don't understand how you saw ignorance lead to bad things in your time i'm talking to like elderly people who don't believe in climate change like you saw us go from phones with cords to wireless phones you saw us go from records to mp3s and you don't believe that scientists and everybody else are right about what's happening on earth pictures aren't enough for you what are you denying fix it right the the ice caps are melting the oceans are rising well, you know, people get really bent out of shape. They think it's cute to dog this whole no straw thing. Okay, people are trying to get rid of single-use silverware and plastic and, you know, trying to get rid of straws. And people keep making jokes like, oh, they're like straw Nazis, la, la, la. It's like, dude, every little thing you can do is helpful. Just be smart. Like, stop being stupid about everything. Just be smart. Why can't we just say, okay, it's one small thing. But if enough of us do one small thing, it turns into a big thing. But all of us have to do this small thing to make it a big thing. And that thing is called a landfill. (laughs) A landfill. I know. I'm so bad about that, Shalini, as I sit here with a plastic spoon. I try. I've really been trying. Like, even, you know, I got my Keurig coffee machine. I found the ones, like, I had been been feeling bad about the fact that I'm throwing away those little plastic cups. There's no way to recycle them. And then Chris found these recyclable ones, which is awesome. And then I saw a big sign, a billboard for my city that says that they don't recycle plastic. And I'm like, well, what the hell is that? Like, shouldn't we be recycling plastic, not just cardboard? Because I've been putting plastic in there. I'm trying to figure that out. I think recycling, like if I can teach my kid to be good about recycling, I'm trying. I'm not, I'm, I'm getting good at it. There's little things that I got to do. But I'm mm-hmm. trying to think about like, instead of taking a handful of napkins, take what I need. Instead of taking a handful of forks or spoons or whatever, plastic sports or whatever, just take one. I've been trying to pay attention to that because all I keep thinking 
is I'm just envisioning this world where our kids are living in this uncontrollable landfill. Right, where they've got to like live in high rises, high, 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 high up in the sky. And this whole conversation of, oh, we'll just go to Mars and we'll just go colonize Mars. Dude, there's no water or air there. We'd have to make that. Can we just they're take care of this place? Fine. Leave our poor asses here. That's cool if they're working on it, but I think we should figure out this place. You know what I want to do? I want to start growing food. Like, yeah. really, like, we really need to start farming soil yeah. and, and just... Let's buy <sighs> land. Let's buy land somewhere in between Florida and Michigan and we'll build a farm. Hold on, I'm going to check on my kid. <laughs> Soy and corn. Che, are you good, buddy? Just a little here, but later, like, okay. High five. Can you work with your All right. Sorry about that. No problem. <coughs> um... John Kerry, you remember him? Uh, oh, yeah. Ran mm -hmm. for president. He was another cheater. He was on, um, <laughs> why was he a cheater? What did he cheat for? Um, his wife. And didn't she have breast cancer? Oh, right. no. You're thinking John Edwards. Oh, okay. That was his um, vice presidential running mate. Um, okay. okay. His running mate was Kerry. Kerry wasn't a running mate. Was he a running mate? He was just a presidential. And then he was the secretary of state under Obama. Okay. He's a politician. Yeah. He was on Bill Maher's show. <laughs> like how we just rhymed. He's a politician. He's got a book. Everybody's got a book. Everybody's got a book. Everybody's got a book. I gotta work on mine. Oh, and Bill Maher, by the way. Bill Maher from Real Time with Bill Maher. He talked trash. He was like, saying that you have a podcast isn't as glamorous as it used to be. And I'm convinced Homeboy listens to my show. I'm convinced <laughs> he listens to us. Because he talks about the stuff we talk about and we do talk about it before he talks about it. I know, you cracked me up. He doesn't listen to this show. I know he doesn't. That's exactly stupid for me to ever think. But it's just funny because I almost feel like if he listened to episode five, he was probably like, shoot. If anybody listened to episode five, they were probably like, who are these people and why are they talking? Okay. <laughs> He's so silly. <laughs> I don't know if I want to play this John Kerry thing. Yeah, I might as well here. But first up, he was a war hero. He certainly was an activist, a senator, a secretary of state, and the 2004 Democratic nominee for See, president. See, all those things. His new memoir is Every Day is Extra. John Kerry. But I must say, I read Trump's tweet about you today, yeah. and apparently you're bad. Very, very bad with big letters. B, look at that. B-A-D at the end. Bad. What did you do, John Kerry, that was bad? Uh, I think I told the truth. Oh. I honestly have never seen anything quite like it. The, the anonymous op-ed, the, uh, uh, the Woodward, Woodward book, sure. the chronology of everything that's been happening. And uh, it's tough, you know. We, 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 we've always relied on our democracy survive, getting better, being stronger when... People tell the truth, and we're based on the truth. Democracy is based on the truth. And unfortunately, we have a president, literally, for whom uh, the truth and nothing but the truth, you know, the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, is three different things. And you don't even know what they are. He's, he's, he, he has, I, I, I don't want to get into a real riff on this, but I got to tell you, he's the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, John Reed Carey. He is, he really is the rare combination of a 
eight-year-old boy. I mean, he's got the maturity of an eight-year-old boy with the insecurity of a teenage girl. That's what they really hated you for. When they, in 2004, which was kind of the beginning of fake news. Correct. The campaign they ran against you. That's correct. A true war hero. And Karl Rove said by the end of this election, they won't know which side he was on. <laughs> right? I'm sure you remember that. I remember it clearly. They don't, you told the truth when you got back from Vietnam. I did tell the truth. never appreciated in its own time. Well, sometimes choices you make are not appreciated in their own time, but I am very comfortable that I not only told the truth, I believe all those, those veterans who came back from Vietnam, many of whom had very difficult time, and they joined in telling the truth. And I am convinced that we brought the war to a close sooner, that we saved lives by telling the truth. Yeah, I just don't understand. Everybody knows that this president is full of shit. Like, how is he still in office? I really don't know, Lee. I'm trying to wrap my head around it, and I'm trying to... You got leaders from every political party. Money. He's got the right people paid off. He's got the right people... Ugh. And then did you hear the story about Stormy Daniels talking about what his what his private parts look like? Girl, vomit. I don't hear that. <laughs> vomit. Mm -mm. Vomit. Moving on. That's all I got on that. And she ought to be ashamed of herself. I, you know, some things you just don't need to tell nobody. I would, that's just a reflection of her. Here you go, though. See what you're doing? It is. But girl, if he's trashy and he is making a million bucks off of being a pig, why can't she be trashy and make a billion bucks off being a pig? More power to her. her making money. I'm just saying that that's how she's making it. I mean, I get that. I hear you. I'm just saying, like, you know. Like, I wouldn't want to connect myself with that. Well, I... But you... Something should be repressed. She should repress that. <laughs> Repression is healthy. You don't get to pick and choose what you repress. Girl, yes, you do. <laughs> you know, you're right. You do, actually. You're probably right. You probably really do. That's how people dissociate and have split personalities. I'd like to shout out Bill Maher. He, if he does listen, he thinks I'm, I'm totally a Mark for Listen, he gave like a million dollars to the Democratic Party. Yeah, no, I saw that. Finally, new role. Someone has to tell me why all the best voices speaking out against Republicans are Republicans. Nicole Wallace, Steve Schmidt, Rick Wilson, George Will, Brett Stevens, Joe Scarborough, Richard Painter, Michael Steele, Jennifer Rubin, David Jolly, Anna Navarro, Max Boot, David Frum. They're the ones who are out there with the gloves off, landing head punches. Even Trump's own people tear him down better than any Democrat. McMaster called him a dope. Mattis, a fifth grader. Steve Mnuch, idiot. Reince Priebus, idiot. John Kelly, f***ing idiot. Rex Tillerson, f***ing moron. Gary Cohen, dumb as shit. Where are our potty mouths? The midterms are 52 days away, and we know what the Republicans are going to be running on. Socialism. Remember back in 2009, the teabagger at the town hall who shouted, keep your government hands off my Medicare. Well, that dummy is now president. <laughs>
But I still don't hear Democrats explaining that Medicare is socialism. And so are the other super popular programs like Social Security and the ban on denying coverage for pre-existing conditions. Trump just gave farmers a $12 billion bailout to make up for his stupid tariffs. We took tax money from some people, mostly in New York and California, and gave it to fucking farmers. I mean farmers. <laughs> Dianne Feinstein, who said last year, look, this man is going to be president, most likely for the rest of his term. I just hope he has the ability to learn and to change. And if he does, he can be a good president. No, he can't do any of those things. No. And Democrats' rhetoric does not nearly match the level of that crisis. The Democrats, as usual, are making a molehill out of a mountain. Yeah, for sure. The FBI, the CIA, the Department of Justice, especially here on 9-11 week. Let's remember, these are the thousands and thousands of America's most dedicated public servants. He's not on our side. How about this for a slogan? We're not socialists. You're traitors. That's what's up. All that to get to that. We're not socialists. You're traitors. That's how I feel about it. Exactly. Girl. We're not socialists. You're traitors. Yeah. Sad. It's a shame. Music's healing. Music heals things. What do you want to hear? Do you want to hear something? Yeah. Do you remember this one? Chris brought this one up the other day. to make a love song and it all wasn't about shaking your booty you like that boot up song girl i'm so tired of that song what about the uh the cardi b um what do you think about cardi b can you just tell me where your head's at about cardi b okay you don't have any opinion about cardi b it's like they're (laughs) recycled first there was little kim she is she's totally little kim Right. Then next is Nicki Minaj, and they're all like cookie cutters. I would love to help people get music out. Maybe we can find somebody who has some music that is inspirational for the current times and (gasps) climate. Do you think there's somebody making like music about the hopelessness of the the situation? Yeah, I'm sure there are. Surviving Trump music. We're looking for you. Please find us. <laughs> what does it sound like? All right. We gotta go. We gotta go. No, he's gotta, gotta go. go. <laughs> he's gotta go. Get up, baby. You ain't on vacation. It's checkout time. Hey, it's checkout time. 